I'll tell you mine first. I have them at 26 and nine. Well, that sounds awesome. Yes. And that's before the Swankler news. <laughs> oh, is it better or worse after the Swankler news? I would say it would be better because <laughs> with the addition of Austin Swankler, we can now do the northern approach of not caring how many goals we give up. We just got to get one more. <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode five of season five of the Chasing McNaughton podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. This week, as we continue preparing for the start of the 2023-24 season, we brought in our own beat writer, Jonathan Zamatis, to preview Michigan Tech Huskies in the CCHA. Thanks for joining us, Jay-Z. Hey, how's it going? Um, I'm from Michigan, the state of college hockey, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, with the big news that dropped this afternoon, uh, I'm glad we waited to record until Monday night. Uh, so we'll be previewing the Huskies, discussing their big commitment from today and the CCHA uh, with the CCHA preseason player of the year, Austin Swankler. Uh, beyond that, we'll work through the roster and new additions and maybe get Jay-Z's thoughts on the CCHA and NCAA. Um, before we get to the thank you notes and our sponsors, I'd like to thank our newest patron, David Hyden, for signing up at the black level for $5 a month. He actually did a whole year um, for a little bit of a discount. I think it's 51 bucks for a whole year on Patreon. And then also uh, Marvin Wilson for upgrading his membership back up to the silver level for 25 bucks a month. Um and we'd like to thank Bethlyn Cummings for not canceling her membership completely, even though she downgraded all the way to the white level for just $2 a month, which gets her question priority and uh, hopefully access to some other content. I'm working on trying to figure out a couple other things that we can do. Um, I might start trying to do a little uh, series preview uh, that comes out maybe like Thursday nights or something, but we'll see what happens. All right, uh, now let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with Jonathan Zameda. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at LivoniaTech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A-Tech.net. All right, welcome back. Uh, Jay-Z, you released your uh, your uh, season preview first part or part one article I think we got that out on what Wednesday or Thursday last week. Um, was that the article you were asking to modify after today's news or was it? Well, uh, it's the one that uh, should be modified. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> needless to say, it does not have the recent uh, edition of Austin Swankler, but um, I will be updating the uh, schedule preview here within the next couple of days to okay. address a few things that I went over basically towards, towards the end of it. Um, yeah, as uh, going to the actual roster, uh, at least for this season, it doesn't look as bad as in terms of actual scoring potential with goals. Um, for example, here we are losing approximately. Where's my? Oh, here we go. We are losing thirty-four goals, eighty-five assists, and one hundred nineteen points from last season. So it's not as dramatic as what one might think. So that's thirty-three percent of our goals, around fifty percent of our assists for around. 44% of our point production. And you're talking uh, the Huskies total points last year versus 
the players that were Huskies that are no longer with us. You're not given credit for like uh, Patrick Marinkovic points nope. or or any of the other transfers. Nope, it's strictly uh, players who are leaving the program. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So that does not take into account any of our transfers or any of junior points, for example. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I know that's always something that Joe would point at when he talked about how he would rank teams preseason, but it, it gets so much harder to just look at that fact with all the the uh, portal transfer uh, players. You know, Huskies are bringing in two defensemen that we expect to, to be uh, an important part of the team and then uh, bringing in now um, two forwards that are expected to be contributors in some fashion, whether it's Merson Kevich, who maybe needs to work on his defense a little bit, but should be, um, if he's dressed, he's probably going to be on one of the power play units. And then obviously the 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 big new acquisition that we, we have to wait and see when he actually gets to play in, in Austin Swankler. So uh, it, it is harder to kind of project that stuff now, but um, it is really nice to see the volume of of points returning when you get to bring back a guy like uh, Logan Pietla and then still have Rylan Mosley, who who somehow was a all first team uh, conference player last year, yet didn't didn't get recognized as an all conference player this year. I uh, I didn't vote for him either because I just think Kyle Kukinen has so much room to grow and and should overtake him as a as a first team candidate this year. But who knows what'll happen. For him as a sophomore yeah this is going to be really the first uh first year of joe sean's experiment with getting players from the upper leagues of the ushl and uh sm sarja i think is how it's pronounced for finland um with having enough player depth to actually have those players compete for spots because due to injury last year we had jake crespi dressing as a defenseman for most of the most of the season there as a natural forward so we really didn't get to see that players competing for those spots on the roster. And this year it looks to be very competitive and very cutthroat in that regard. Yeah. We, I know um, Nathan, was it, was it SEMA that posted those line charts that he came up with our, uh, our new uh, recruiting uh, guru um, had like all four freshmen in his top 12 forwards. And, and as, as much as I respect how, how much better our freshmen are this year. I I struggle to see all of them playing regularly when you have like, if Marcus Pedersen can be healthy, I expect to see him playing more. Uh, Patrick Mersenkevich wasn't brought in to just uh, be on the bench, but granted we have heard some concerns that uh, maybe his defensive game isn't where it needs to be to fit Joe's system. And maybe that's the, uh, the uh uh the preamble to the real story of who can learn how to play defense later on this year but we'll see how that goes um and then you've got all those role players like uh, Levi Stauber, Alex Nordstrom, Blaze Richards and and it'll be interesting to see um how how much playing time how how we divvy up the playing time when you've got six lines worth of forwards competing for four lines of playing time and then how competitive it's going to be to be that that extra skater that gets to travel with the team, and then yeah, what where is Joe going to use that extra skater each night to to get another player, um, and maybe that is where a guy like Mersenkevich gets more playing time because Joe can uh, kind of pick and choose his spots to use the guy that's more of a liability if he wants to put him on a power play unit or or get him some time, but. But if the game gets tight, he can be switching out for somebody that he that he has a little more trust in defensively based on what we've heard so far. Yeah, it's also going to be interesting to see where Getz and Campbell end up slotting in as transfers with with a little bit of college experience, whether it be via practices or a limited amount of games played to see how they slot in with such a deep defensive core now. Yeah, that's true, too, especially when you've got two guys that a lot of people expect to be getting a lot of minutes in freshmen with Chase Pietula and Nick Williams, who is really going to be, yeah, who's going to be, like, you've got 10 defensemen on this team right now. Who's going to be getting those minutes? We all know that uh, Jed Pietula and Chase Pietula will be will be playing 
probably top four minutes, both of them. I would expect Trevor Russell to be in there. And then it's really an interesting question to see who that that fourth defenseman is that's in the in the top four, and then who the other two that are dressing every day, and then whether or not Joe's going with an extra defenseman to get uh, more minutes for them too. But that's it's really going to be different to see how Joe uses that extra skater this year with such a deep roster, especially um, after uh, semester break. Yeah, I. I really couldn't tell you until we start seeing some line charts to see how he starts experimenting, because, of course, practice is going to give you so much information, but it's not going to be a real game speed until we hit Duluth here in two weeks. Yeah, that'll definitely be an interesting game. I'm I'm guessing I mean, it is only one game, so it's not I don't know how much uh, they'll choose to travel if they're going to take you know, a couple more players than maybe they would otherwise, or if they're going to take everybody to have that first like trip bonding moment that they can, since it is non-conference. Um, yeah, it's, it is really going to be up in the air to see how he puts this all together. Like I know um, Nathan has the, um, the, all the, all the euros together on one line with Max, with the two freshmen, Max Koski Purdy and Laurie Raymond, both, potentially world junior players this year with Arvid Kadaroth as center. And, and, and while I think that could be possible, it, it does seem, um, and I know we talked a little bit before we started recording about how, uh, Kasky Purdy could be a center and that probably pushes him off the Kadaroth line. If he's going to start off as a fourth line center for this team, or uh, maybe not even a fourth line because Swinkler isn't here yet, but, um, yeah, it, I, I just it, it's a hard for me to see that uh, Gordon Raymond, Kasky Purdy and, and Barger Bartle will all jump in and be playing a lot right away. Not that they can't. And I would expect a couple of them to, you know, have the opportunity to be the Kyle Kukkonen of this year's team. But it's really hard to see all of them getting a bunch of minutes when you've got a bunch of guys who have that Joe really likes their style, even if maybe they aren't putting up as many points. Uh, trying to work through like Levi Stauber, Alex Nordstrom, those kind of players and, and get everybody minutes and try and keep everybody happy as Joe keeps expanding the roster. Yeah. And knowing Joe, Sean, um, what you see on the line charts is not what you're going to get, because if you remember back in the Bliss Hallinan days, those two would be either listed as a center or a winger, but you would only see either one or the other taking the faceoffs, regardless of where they were on that line chart. Basically, yeah. whoever's having a good night is going to be at the center position. Yep. No, that's true too. Uh what do you guys think of uh how Joe might play this with the forwards this year? I think it's a wonderful problem to have. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true and it's definitely a different feel for for Michigan Tech to have um you know, this reminds me a lot of how Joe Joe always talked about how other team or how Mankato specifically had guys scratched that would be starting playing high minutes for other teams in the CCHA. And it seems like maybe the way he's constructed this team that we might finally have that ourselves, where we're going to have a couple guys that aren't skating every night. That could be a, a top six or a top nine forward for another team in the conference. Yeah. It's nice to kind of be that top dog of the conference in terms of what we have firepower wise, right? It's very different than what we're used to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with Rob. It's definitely a very nice problem to have, but um, it's tough for me to speak as to how Joe will probably sort this out because I feel like creating an effective line is just as much skill as it is like chemistry. Like you can have a great player that just doesn't play so well with a certain guy for whatever it be the reason. So I think it's kind of finding out whatever that magic element is that that will be, but overall, if we are that, we do end up being that team that we're jealous of Mankato of where they can they've got guys watching the game from the press box that you would rather have on your team, then that's, that's a problem I'm extremely happy to have. <laughs> nope. I'm with you there completely where, uh, um, yeah, the Huskies have brought in four freshmen that all have pretty good track records in the leagues they come from. And you're wondering how, how to get them all minutes, get them all happy, but you still have all these older players that have been around longer that have put in the time and put in the work. And, and Joe seems to um, in the past anyway, favored them at least for the while. And I don't think, 
Um, I, I don't know. It's really going to be interesting. I really like Isaac Gordon. We all know that he was originally recruited to go to Michigan State. And um, because of all the other additions that Michigan State brought in over the last year, his spot just didn't really work anymore. So um, he reopened up his, his uh, recruiting and, and goes to Michigan Tech. So he's coming in as a pretty heralded player out of the USHL. Um, Henry Bartle, he's a Minnesota guy, right? Yes, uh, from Blaine. Blaine. From Blaine. And uh, and I know he put up, put up decent numbers also in the USHL. Um, so, I, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how he balances it. I know it's kind of, we're kind of just, uh, saying the same thing, but um, I, I think what, I think what you're going to see is, um, I think the two forwards from Finland, um, Raymond and Kaskapirti, I, I think it might take a few games for them to start to filter into the lineup just from the, the transition from playing in Europe to North America. I think we saw that a little bit with some of the previous players to come over that, um, it doesn't always translate immediately. Yeah. You know, so it, it's nice to have the luxury that they they can kind of you know come in at a, a pace that works and acclimate them to you know the style of play, the speed. You know, I guess I shouldn't say speed of the game because that's probably probably faster over there. But um, it is a different type of style of game I think in the NCAA than it is in Finland. Yeah. Um, that's that, I, I would I would expect that to kind of play out that way. Yeah, and that might be where Joe uses his extra skater for a while is to be able mm-hmm. to give those guys, you know, 15 or 10, 10, 12 minutes a game in the first couple games or maybe um, do that one each for each of them in that uh, Alaska series just to try and get their feet wet and, and not uh, overdo it with, with uh, them trying to get used to the style. Um and maybe that maybe he has a plan going in that the first three weeks are going to be some kind of rotation between Max, uh, or Koski Purdy, Raymond, and somebody else that they're the extra skaters to kind of get their feet wet with this, while going with a more experienced, um, line or uh, forward group in general. Otherwise, yeah, I, I'm I'm just really happy to see that you know we the team brought in a group of freshmen this year that is from higher level leagues, right? We've talked about that in past years. Like we're most of our freshmen coming in were NAHL guys. And I'm looking now, I don't think we had a single NAHL player come in this year. And that is a big improvement in quality of player, I think. Um NAHL is 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 a good league, but I feel like your percentage of hitting on a superstar at the NCAA level is much higher recruiting out of the ushl than the nahl usually what you can find out of the nah nahl for salvageable players are defensemen and goalies it's really in the scoring department that you find the lacking um at least when you make the transition to the college level so it's very reassuring to see that talent and the fact that their goals and assists are pretty balanced coming in here we're not going to see one pure goal scorer or one pure assist getter more or less they're they're mostly balanced and they should be pretty plug and play depending on their lines. Yeah, and then you like I think the funniest thing is is we've we've talked how long and we've brought up every freshman except Cam Moger, a guy that played 50 games last year and scored eight goals, 12 assists on the blue line in the BCE league. Um and and I think he's got a place on this team, but I'm not sure how much of it's going to be this year. And and that's kind of crazy for a team that has like the the kind of players when they've come in to think that a guy like Cam Moger isn't likely to play a ton out the gate is pretty crazy for for where this team has been in the past and that's 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 saying a lot that he's probably the on paper the worst freshman of the seven and he's still a really good recruit um uh, compared to Chase Pietula and Nick Williams that both won a championship together um and then yeah everybody else is coming from uh uh the ushl except for him or or uh the Finnish junior league um that's pretty crazy and then i think like one of as far as i remember one of the few like recruits that's even like in the future that's not in um a better league is uh 
was the goalie, but he even is now, uh, Max Bedford is now in the BC League after committing from the NAHL. And then the same thing with uh, Reed Davidola Davitella. I forget that one, Rob. Davitella. Davitella. He, um, he was he was in the NHL last year, but he uh, he made the USHL team out of camp and actually scored the first goal of the USHL season. So like even the future uh, looks brighter with mainly BC um, and USHL players with some like uh, I think we've got some Alberta junior players coming in. Uh, we had a Saskatchewan player way out in the future, but more than likely he's going to be moving to the BC league at some point. Cause he's, he was putting up those points as a 16 year old. So like the, the, the transition from what we were in recruiting to what we are is, is, is very obvious. Um, and nice to see that, that transition to, um, Joe's done a really good job of, of bringing in the young assistants and letting them, them do their thing and find the right players and and uh pick up the the players that have been uh pushed out by other teams too um whether it's you know the the Matt Campbell or the Lachlan Getz the two uh sophomore transfers um which I know surprised all of us uh because we didn't expect this team to go get uh, transfers that ho- had so much eligibility left with the with the recruiting that we had, but I think it's just one of those things where if the player improves your team, you figure out the recruiting later. And I think we said it before, where like you can't with how with with how much the portal has changed things, you can't worry about the fact that there's a logjam a year from now because you don't know who's going to transfer out in a year, and you just can't worry about the future now. And you kind of have to play this this game of trying to make the best team you can right now without um, putting yourself in a position where where your classes are too unbalanced, but you just kind of play that game and see how it goes. Cause I know, I think, you know, like Campbell should have um, four years of eligibility if he wants, cause he didn't play at all last year for Quinnipiac. I don't think the same goes for Getz, but. Getz uh, played 16 games for BU last year. Yeah. So I'm guessing he's, he's not going to have a, a fifth year of eligibility that we can um, use here yeah. unless he got will, hurt at some point, but I don't think he did. So I will say this um, so far tech now has two players on their roster with uh, national championship rings. So that has to mean something, right? It certainly helps, right? You know, this it's all, I, I think also part of it is that this is really starting to look like a, when you have a shot, you got to take your shot kind of year. Yeah. Um, the way it has come together with the transfers and the way, you know, especially Swankler, you know, kind of falling in the lap at you know, the last minute. Um, I'm a firm believer that if a team has a chance to take a shot to win it all, you got to do everything you can to take that shot. Right. Cause they don't come, they don't come around very often, especially for a team in this, this league. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say transitioning to the schedule like that, this is going to be tech's year to mimic what Quinnipiac did last year in terms of having an insane record with a very bad strength of schedule in terms of pairwise, at least just glancing at their schedule right now for this year, because their best competition is going to be Wisconsin and Michigan state. And that's about it. At Duluth. Yeah. Duluth, Duluth, I've start I've started looking at their team. Their their goalie situation is kind of up in the air in terms of what they actually have there. I'm not counting out Duluth. The um Frozen Four is in St. Paul this year and they've got a pretty good streak <laughs> of winning in St. Paul. So <laughs> that is true. I yeah. know um yeah, I definitely agree with you, Dustin, on the kind of like the I know like when the Swinkler news dropped, my my gif um when I quote tweeted that was the was uh, the guy from Rounders going all in, dropping the chips everywhere, splashing the pot, and uh, and that's kind of how I feel about about the move. And and I know Joe talked a lot last year about how um, how I I, I think he kind of had questions about the leadership last year, and that was a lot of his reasoning for not thinking they were going to win many games, and and they outdid it. But I don't think he has those same concerns this year when you've got the the Piedla twins back for a fifth year, and and the 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 types of players that are at the top of the food chain this year just feel like um, 
the the right kind of players that you want to be leading a team that has a potential to do this and it and it does feel like as much as we've heard negatives about Swinkler's attitude it does feel like this is the kind of team that has the right type of leadership that they're that the players are not going to put up with him if he's causing problems whenever he gets to campus and 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 we all know that his biggest knock has been his lack of defense, but he knows he needs to work on it. And we've all said that it seems like that's the, you know, that's probably part of the reason he picked tech beyond any money that they could offer in scholarship. It was probably about if I can go to tech and I can succeed and Joe can put his stamp of approval on how I play the game. That's going to look very good for him going forward. And and it just feels like this team it was in a position that they have enough strong players that are playing the right way that even if it takes Swinkler some time to adjust to the style, that he's going to be held accountable by more than just the coaching staff. And I think that's an important piece of why they would even give this a try, despite what we've seen mm-hmm. online by some. Yeah, I agree. And remember, I mean, we've been talking about how deep we are at forward. You know, we have 10, we're 10 deep at defensemen. Don't forget, we have the best goalie in the country coming back too. And we're, it, and we're it, talking it, about how it should be a timeshare this year. Right. Like, yeah. like, like Max should be playing every fourth game through Christmas in my eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I agree with that. I don't know what the situation is there, to be honest, because I want to keep Max happy so he stays. Yeah, but I also want Blake to play too. So it, it's it's really, I don't know what we're gonna get because we burned a year of Max's eligibility on just four games last year, and that seems almost like a waste. Almost, yeah, especially because he looked very good in those four games. Like, Correct. of course, of course, there's no taking away that Blake was just out of his mind. You can't take him out of there, but. I hear what you're saying. It stings to burn a year of eligibility on what appears to be a very good goalie and the heir apparent to Blake Piedola. And you know, just I, I'm games. honestly not worried about the burning of eligibility because mm-hmm. I just don't think he's he's the kind of player that would stay for a redshirt fifth year anyway. Um, that's what that's what um, I mean. Mankato was doing the same thing, like Tim said earlier. And this is that is what Mankato has been doing for years until this year, right? Yep. Good players playing a few games, burning a year, and it didn't matter. And you just yep. reload. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access or commercial free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Are you in the market for insurance? Have your rates for home, auto, boat, or more been increasing way beyond inflation? If so, maybe it's time you spoke with Aaron Piedela and the team at Arcadia Insurance Group, serving Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and more. Who better to serve you than a former Michigan Tech player? For more information, call 866-511-1069 or go to ArcadiaAgency.com. Um, so I did have one question for you four here. Since I'm the one always doing the previews and always having to come up with something, <laughs> I'm going to give you guys an easy one. You just got to tell me what you think the record's going to be by the end of the season. I'll tell you mine first. I have them at 26 and nine. Well, that sounds awesome. Yes. And that's before the Swankler news. <laughs> uh, oh, is it better or worse after the Swankler? I would say it would be better because <laughs> with the addition of Austin Swankler, we can now do the Northern approach of not caring how many goals we give up. We just got to get one more. <laughs> you want to know what? 
I have had a rough summer with my with my summer seasonal depression, and it has been a good long while since I have been able to be a homer for the Michigan Tech Huskies. <laughs> this is the 30-win season, and you heard it here first. <laughs> well, Let's go! Well, of course it is, because it's 26-9, and nine, and then we win the, the conference title and, and make it to the Frozen Four, right? No problem at all. <laughs> I just want to travel to some industrial backwater and watch a win this year. So I think we I think we have better sites this year than that. Yeah, we might actually be <laughs> yeah. able to drive this year, Rob. Yeah, I believe I believe the Midwest Regional, which if everything goes Is according to plan, St. we Louis? should. Be, it's like St. Louis area. Yeah. It ain't bad at all. That'll be nice. Yeah, I was halfway there this weekend. Just got to keep going on fifty-five. So so Jay Z, before I answer, when do you actually have them losing their first game? Oh, um, let me check here. Uh, I have them going four and three in the month of October. So I have them probably losing to Wisconsin. Okay. Because Mike Hastings. That that's literally it. You have them like getting swept by Wisconsin? No, splitting. And then getting swept by in- either lose I have them either winning or losing a game against UMD, Wisconsin, St. Lawrence slash Clarkson. I have them sweeping Alaska. Okay. Yes. Because I'm looking at it going, we're gonna be number one in the country on the uh... November six because we're nine and zero. That is a that's a bold strategy, Cotton. I mean, if they are if they are nine and zero on November six, they might be number one in the country. They probably will be, honestly. Yeah, because that's a tougher schedule than what they did uh, when they did that under Mel. I would think, wouldn't it? No, they they played no. Michigan. In that. Oh, that's they right. did. And, yeah, and, that was... UMD back when yeah. UMD was good. Was. <laughs> Minnesota Duluth, I reserve the right to on judgment on them. I'm still, I just started writing that preview and I am not impressed by their goalie situation right now. They have three guys that would be a third string here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, we I also got to remember who our first two options are. I mean, it's fair. But yeah, um, Minnesota Duluth, I'm a little hesitant to judge at the moment. Wisconsin's kind of a wild card. I just give them the benefit of the doubt because of Hastings. Um, Alaska is going to be hard to determine what they do. Um, it's going to be really dependent on if their coach can pull together what they did last year. Yeah. And then St. Lawrence and Clarkson, St. Lawrence should be a win. Clarkson did beat us. So I would, I would expect Clarkson to be able to pull out some sort of shenanigans, given that they have a former tech coach there. So some tough travel too. Yeah. And then Augustana, I don't expect anything out of them. At the moment, uh, Bemidji's Bemidji, not really too worried right now. Ferris is kind of almost like a Lake State level, but I think Bob Daniels could pull something out of there. And then Minnesota State, I see splits with, even though everybody's talking them down. Bowling Greens has imploded. They don't matter. Northern doesn't matter because defense versus offense, we're going to win defensively. I don't know. I'm a little worried about Northern, Whoa. especially since with Halas coming up. Uh, they're, they've got a real solution in that they have not had in a long time, and that's proven to give us some issues. Like, Yeah, but you know, that's... on the bright side for Tech fans, they have lost a majority of their minute-getters for defense. Yeah, but they brought in Viking. That's true. That's a big ad. <laughs> I don't even know the rest of his when, name. When did, they, when did they add an exhibition game against Northern? That was not there last week when I looked. Yeah, that uh, was there. That's been there for a few weeks. Yeah, it was what, announced what? a while ago. But yeah, yeah, we were all talking about how how kind of stupid it is to have an exhibition game in the middle of the season. That just kind of seems like not a great idea. It's a meaningless game where you could just hurt more players for going down the stretch. Well, Matt, I, I don't, don't worry. It's it not a rivalry game or anything. Yeah, yeah, it could be worse. Could play yeah. a new sports team between yeah. the two teams that are <laughs> picked one and two in a conference like, exhibition game in middle of the season it makes no sense to me yeah i mean yeah. i think the biggest it's a trap team right now is going to be st thomas and that's just because if we don't decide to show up that weekend they will just outwork us and we are going to lose i don't think it's a trap i think it's now st thomas has existed for three years they've got a lot of buy-in from the program rico is on his revenge tour and i think we're going to start seeing it play dividends i don't think they're sneaking up on anybody if you look on the polls they're much higher up than they've been 
I expect them Joe to be a problem. It. They're they're not sneaking up on Joe. That's about it. <laughs> well, that's that's fair. Joe did Joe did kind of pump their numbers up because he can't get himself to vote for Northern, which was very funny. But I still I don't I don't where they landed in the preseason coaches poll is is where I see them. About I think they've made those strides. I wanted to make sure I got my pot shots on them while they can because it is not going to be too long. We can do that. I think the worst part about this season is going to be if we do lose a game against a team we're not supposed to everybody in discord who goes bipolar at that moment and goes very <laughs> negative is well warranted at this point given the expectations of this year there is basically no excuse to lose against a team like lake superior state this year and i just jinxed us but it there there is no there is no there's no point because a win against them means absolutely nothing in the pairwise it's going to be ignored yeah, and as much as I hate to like try to try to like play into that kind of a thing, I have to agree with you. Like the talent discrepancy between this tech team and that Lake State team, they sh- they don't belong on the same sheet of ice. No. Like if there's no reason to be losing to that team, no, nope. a loss to them, a loss is the only thing that hurts us, and a win does not help us. It's- yep, that's kind of you know, the reality of playing in a league that kind of shapes up like ours, though, where the where the top teams are. You know, they can hang with the big dogs in any conference in the nation and the bottom half could is is among the worst. You know, I don't think it's I don't think it's as bad as you guys are saying. This this league from top to bottom is better than it was three years ago. The worst team in this league is better than the worst team three years ago. And you could say that straight up the line. Yeah. I agree with you there, Dustin, because I don't think uh, uh, like I think Lake State has its struggles, but I still think it's a better team than uh, we've had at the bottom for a while. I just think it's clear that they're the worst team. Um, just remember, any- like three years ago, Ferris had that team that won one game the entire year, right? Like, yep. there's yeah, no but- team in the league that's going to be like that this year. You need to also realize three years ago, we had Alaska Anchorage in the league. And, and they weren't the worst team. Yeah. And they weren't the worst team. No. that's that, You're making my point for me. Yeah, like you had those, you had those teams that you expect to historically be bottom feeders, and you had that Ferris team that was even worse. Fair. Right. I, I guess, I guess the moral, the moral of the story for this year, though, for our Huskies is, is if we do not beat the teams we're supposed to this year, it's really going to hurt us more than last year because we can't expect an Alaska to basically be able to pull us up in the uh, in the pairwise, or we can't expect uh, basically Mankato to do the same thing this year. We need we need to basically as Husky fans, we need to be fans of the of every other team in the league and yeah. non conference games. Oh, we always have to do that, honestly. Yeah. Um yep. we, we always need that, that out of conference record to be as close to five hundred, if not better, which is unlikely, but we've got to get as close to five hundred as we can. You need Saint you need uh, Lake State and Saint Thomas and and Bemidji to find a way to win those games against uh their tough non conference opponents. And and prop up the the conference as a whole when it comes to pairwise. The saving grace for this year is we only play LSSU twice, so there's only two opportunities for them to hurt us. Yeah, that is good news. But I guess you do have to kind of adopt the student mentality this year, where uh, you know getting an A might not help you all that much, but getting a getting a C on in lower is really going to kill you. Or you know that's that's kind of the reality of our where we're going to be in the conference our wins will probably not help us out way too much in the long run but those losses are going to kill us <laughs> it's it's basically what we're going to see we're going to see basically what we saw with Quinnipiac last year where they'll win like 29 games be number 1 in the pairwise but then have a strength of schedule of 30 to 40 well if we can replicate what Quinnipiac did last year i won't complain all exactly. the way to the end right <laughs> until we yeah. implode on the last two games of the season. And so you said 26 and nine, that's through the regular season. Yes. Anybody else want to throw out a number? I feel like taking the prices right approach here and just saying 28. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we got Rob at 28 <laughs> and seven. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I went through and counted. I said 28. That mine's based on no actual counting or, or prediction schedule wise. It's merely just the screw the guy with one under. <laughs> and Matt's got Matt's in at thirty, right? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, so Matt's thirty and five. I have I have waited way too long to be a homer for this Matt, team, and I am Matt, ready I, to do it. I don't think you're wrong. I think the team will get. I I'm certainly hoping the team gets thirty wins this year. I'm just not sure they're going to get it before the conference tournament starts. 
yeah, I mean, I, that's that's personally what I'm predicting. I'm thinking they can do 30 wins before they get in there. That'd be awesome. Okay, We're going to have last... a lot of fun talking about the I'll team. Say, that I'll say 27. I'll go between you guys. Okay, so we got 26, 27. All right, I'll take 29 just to be different. Okay. We'll go there. <laughs> and then for the coaches poll and the media poll, I know Tim got to make a vote, but what about the rest of you three? I was curious to see where you would place at least the top four. Well, I think tech is an obvious number one this year, <laughs> but that's, I, I think Northern is your number two. Um, I think that Mankato isn't going to, I think they're going to have issues, but not to the degree that people are like hitting the bomb Russia button for. I think I would place them probably third. Um, fourth, uh, I think I'm going to go, and I know this is weird, but I, I feel like Bowling Green might go on a revenge tour. I'm going to put them at fourth. Oh, St. Thomas. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm picking St. Thomas for fifth. Matt, would you flip Bowling Green, Mankato before the Swinkler hazing stuff? Uh, probably. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure that's what I had in my poll. Yeah. Yeah, I think with, with him leaving, it definitely drops them down a peg, right? Yep. Um, I would go with yeah, Tech. But I... my, mine would be Tech, uh, Northern, Bemidji, Bowling Green, Minnesota State, St. Thomas, Ferris, then Lake State. I don't think St. Thomas is going to go up as high as has been talked about. They're on their way, but I don't think they're there yet. I personally think they're better than Ferris, and I think they're better than Lake State, and I think that kind of well, like brings I, them I, up the list for me. Well, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's where I went. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, but I think that I don't. I think it'd be significantly better enough to warrant. I don't know. They're in my top five. I think I it's. A, to... I think it's. I I think it's six teams fighting for. Well, I think it's two teams fighting for the McNaughton and four other teams fighting for home ice. Yeah, and, I think that's and to accurate. figure out how those four are going to shake out is really hard with the with the giant variables of how Mankato responds to their changes and how Bowling Green responds to their adversity and what's going on with their program right now. They could they could respond and be it's us against the world type team and come out third, or they could crumble under this without Swinkler and finish sixth. Who knows? It's hard to say. Mr. Dustin? Uh, I think I'd go Tech Northern. Bemidji St. Thomas a little off the board there and I'm saying St. Thomas fourth just because I want to see Mankato go to St. Thomas for the first round of the playoffs <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, w- it would be really fun to get to like attend a uh, a game three at uh, at that little barn between Mankato <laughs> and St. Thomas because Tech has already finished that would, that be, would fun. be yeah it'd be interesting I will say I am a little nervous with the USCHO poll coming out and putting tech at 10th because it makes me feel like there's going to be a little bit of a spotlight and like pressure now. Well, if we were like high, high teens, like no one would pay attention to us at all. Yeah. But I think you, I think it you were hard pressed to find um, like, I guess I haven't looked that closely at who's in the, like 11 through 16. Cause I think uh, Duluth is 17, right? Yes. Um, but I think I think what Blake Pietola did last year and the fact that the team made the tournament and they are the favorites to win the conference, it's hard not for them to not be picked top 10, honestly. Like maybe I could see them having been more like 12-13, which is where they finished the year. But it just seems hard for... Like it just feels like the, the voters have like it feels like part of it is who we're bringing back. And part of it's the fact that uh, enough of the voters know what's going on in the conference to know that somebody's got to take the mantle of the best team in the conference. And it is kind of expected to be Michigan tech. Um, And with what we bring back that it's that you're hard pressed to think of another team that has a chance to, to do well in non-conference and win the McNaughton cup. Um, And if the team does that, they're probably going to finish top 10. That's fair. I just, in my own personal list, I had tech maybe at 15th at best, just because me not knowing who Penn state, Ohio state, Merrimack, Harvard are bringing back in terms of like quality for players. I'm not entirely sure. I know all of Merrimack's basically back, so they should be good this year. But then you have teams like Penn state and Harvard who were able to put up ridiculous numbers against good teams last year but I don't know the players that they're bringing back necessarily off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, it is tough. 
Go ahead. I'm looking at some non-conference schedules in the conference here just to kind of take it back to a little bit of a non-conference record topic we had earlier. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a huge accomplishment to hit 500 for non-conference. There are we this the, the conference as a whole has maybe about 10 games against Minnesota or maybe not 10 but 6 to 8 games against Minnesota. Yeah. It's that bad, yeah. Yeah, Duluth, North Dakota. I mean, I think I think some of them are playing Michigan State a couple times too. Yeah, it's, there's it's, some Michigan State. It's both so bad you to be doing that. <laughs> Bowling yeah. Green and Bowling Green and Ferris both have Western. Yeah. From a national picture, I really think you got to look out for Michigan State this year. The way they have reloaded with Nightingale has been it's impressive. I think they're due to really build up this year. Yeah. St. Thomas starts off with away from home for three out of four. Well, I guess one of them, I think, is actually um, at the what? XL Energy Center. Yes. But um, St. Cloud in Minnesota. Who's Northern got for non-conference? Um, at Duluth for two. Arizona State. Um, no, Christina, they don't count. Alaska. Are there six non-conference games? Who was, who was the last one? Uh, Duluth, ASU, and Alaska. Okay. Yeah, Northern has almost an easier schedule than we do in terms of uh, what a strength of schedule will look like in terms of a paralyzed number. Yeah. Bemidji's at Minnesota, Wisconsin, Army, Duluth, North Dakota. Yeah. You see, the dark horse this year is going to be Augustana. If Augustana can turn out to be better after Tech plays them or before Tech plays them, we will be set because they're playing teams like Notre Dame. They're playing Omaha, Lindenwood. They're going to be playing a bunch, a smorgasbord of teams, so they'll have all those comparisons. Yeah, We we really need to be Augie fans this year. Yeah, that's tough. Good luck with that. Augie's (laughs) one of my best friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they would be a really good, uh, kind of like what Alaska did for us last year in terms of like threading the needle in terms of that pairwise comparison. Yeah, I have a hard time. I mean, yes, it'll help us if we can sweep them and most of the conference does well against them, but they somehow steal a few games against everybody else. Yeah, that'll be good for us, but I don't see that happening that much. But um, I do find it interesting that Northern Michigan received less votes than Minnesota State did in the USCHA poll, the USCHO poll. Yeah, it's like there's a few people that haven't been paying attention to what's going on. (laughs) I mean, they're 22nd. uh, Minnesota State's 22nd, Northern's 23rd, with Wisconsin 24th. I'm not completely convinced on Northern yet. They're a very young team this year compared to what they were last year. There was a lot of sophomores and a lot of freshmen this year. Sure, and that's why I'm not picking them number one. But like, who, who, who do you think is better than Northern right now? I could see Bemidji, maybe. Just just purely systems and out being out coached. I choose Saratori over Grant. Never bet against a Saratori. <laughs> <laughs> we'll always find a way to at least make it tough on you. That uh-huh. being said, um Benny's probably the third or fourth best goalie in the CCHA this year. So we will see. And two of them are on our team, so Yes, yes. Two of them are on our team, and then it's either uh, Keegan Rancier or uh, Scholl if he wants to have a comeback here. Yeah, and I feel like that's the that's going to be the big wild card for Northern is they've really never had a, a stalwart in that in a good while. As a Tech I, fan, I'm not what, complaining. Don't we? Yeah, me neither. But the fact that they have one now really has me uh, a little. At least, at least they're in the realm of worried for me. You know, like I'm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the CHN page for Northern, their recruiting class is all over the place. Just the sheer number of players that they have coming in and out right now. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that program changes here in the next couple of years. One minute remaining in the podcast. I want to shout out our, our new patrons again, David Hayden, uh, Marvin Wilson, and Kevin Patelko for upgrading. And and thanks, Beth Lynn, for sticking around, even if it's just, you know, for $2 a month now. I wanted to double check and make sure we didn't get any questions while we were recording. Well, that should do it for this episode of the podcast, uh, the episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Um, we've got a bunch of different tiers. Uh, pick one that works for you. 
Um, I'm working on trying to figure out what we're going to do about patches because uh, Exclusive Pro is a giant pain in my butt to get get in contact with. So I need to figure out something else to get you guys that uh, have done the $5 a month or more uh, that haven't gotten a patch at all. Magnets. Magnets. I, I was looking at uh, bumper stickers and magnets from our, our Spodge store with our logo on them. So we'll see what we can do um, to try and still get you guys something cool and unique. Follow us on Twitter at Chasing Mac Pod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget, forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you don't really like your podcast app, please choose Spotify because we actually get a little more money um by using them also if you hear a advertisement on our podcast that isn't recorded by one of us or my daughter drop us a tweet so we can hear uh maybe what ads you got and and try and see how much that's actually happening um uh, if you can't find the podcast in your site of choice please let us know and we'll make it happen the more you rate review and share the more people we can reach. So tell your friends, let's get a, let's get as many listens as we can to get us up in the chartable rankings. We were, uh, I think, I think we peaked at 151st for pod uh, hockey podcasts in the U S last week. Um, we did make it all the way to 18 once, but I think that was a glitch um, because all of our podcasts accidentally got pulled and then reposted one day. And I think they counted still everything. Count. Yeah. It still, still counts. counts. We still peaked at 18 way back when. Let's see. If you give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Dustin will read the review you leave no matter what it says. So let's get some ratings and see what you have to say. Uh, Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Fibkey Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, Arcadia Assurance, and Livonia Technical Services, which I believe I now have all of their uh, sponsorship checks. I think uh, Mike finally got me his check today. Not that I was... uh, delayed but we had a lot of fun with the post office losing a check and then it suddenly showing up the day after Fibkey canceled it <laughs> which was like three weeks after he shipped uh, mailed it to me so that was fun and finally thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode if you like what you hear check them out at thankyounotes.bandcamp.com been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha